to Design 30. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and this is my podcast where I provide design strategies and tools in just 30 minutes or less. So this is technically episode two, uh, but it will be the first episode with actual design content. So without further ado, let's dive in. So in this episode, we'll be talking about human-centered design. This is something that you will hear me talk a lot about um, throughout this entire podcast. It's also something that you probably have been hearing or seeing more and more often, especially in uh, the tech world and startups. Um, It's becoming a bit of a buzzword in in a lot of different situations. So I think it's helpful to understand this term and understand what it can provide, uh, what benefits it can provide, and so that you can use it uh, more accurately and uh, to benefit your design skills and whatever you're working on. So to start off, um, and again, from my perspective, I'm discussing this from more of a mechanical engineering or an engineering heavy perspective, um, but really is uh, applicable in many different ways. Um, So the way I look at human-centered design, um, there's a lot of different aspects to it. Um, Some of those aspects include rapid prototyping. Um, This allows you to uh, create prototypes quickly and actually put them in the hands of your users and get feedback uh, rapidly, as the name uh, insinuates. Uh, participation is a big part of human-centered design. You need people to participate in what you're doing, um, and you need to participate in your own uh, design process and working with your designs, whether that's a physical design or uh, an app design, something like that. Brainstorms are a huge part, just getting as many ideas as you can out, uh, out into the world and, you know, get them out onto a whiteboard or um, out to your team so you can get their feedback on it. Observations, actually observing humans using your product or interacting with your design. Doing user interviews, uh, this is a good way to get feedback. Um, I don't think it's the only way to do it. Uh, observations need to be used in conjunction with interviews. And the reason behind that is people will often tell you something or tell you what they're struggling with. But that doesn't always correlate to what they're actually struggling with or don't like about your product. So being able to observe them using it provides uh, another aspect and a lot more data on how your your product is actually being used. Um, Failing fast is another key aspect to human-centered design in the way I understand it. and this is something I'll probably have an entire episode about later on. But essentially, the core idea behind failing fast is that you want to just try things as quickly as you can and get information as quickly as you can. Um, if there's a new design aspect you want to try, um, either in your app, on your website, um, on your prototype, you want to build it in the fastest way possible and get it in the hands of your user and if it's, if it's a bad design, it's going to fail epically right away. Uh, but you'll know quicker not to keep investing money or time or um, any more effort into that specific design. 
And then finally, and what we'll focus a bit more on in this episode is empathy. And I think this really is one of the core aspects to human-centered design um, is really having that empathy and understanding the human experience um, and how what their experience is with your product. So I want to start off with a few definitions um, just to help prime this conversation. Um, the first one is from Creative Confidence by Tom and David Kelly. And these are two people that you've likely heard of. Um, they really are titans of innovation and design, um, really well known in the design world. So their definition is being human centered is at the core of our innovation process. Deep empathy for why people make, excuse me, deep empathy for people makes our observations powerful sources of inspiration. We aim to understand why people do what they currently do with the goal of understanding what they might do in the future. And then a second definition from the design of everyday things by Don Norman, which I'm sure many of you have heard of. It's a seminal work in the world of design, especially in the world of human centered design. So he describes it as an approach that puts human needs, capabilities, and behavior first, then designs to accommodate those needs, capabilities, and ways of behaving. So going off that, um, if you've read the book, The Design of Everyday Things, I'm sure you're well aware of um, different concepts such as discoverability, affordances, signifiers, conceptual maps, mental models. And these are all core aspects of what human-centered design is. Um, but I think each of those on its own will be an episode. So we'll dive into those in more detail later on. So in this episode, as I said, I really want to focus on empathy, which I believe is a core aspect uh, of human-centered design. So really, when you're being empathetic, what you're trying to do is understand the perspective and the experience of the user. Um, you're putting yourself in their situation, and this can be either literal or metaphorical. Metaphorical meaning you're visualizing uh, the experience of the user. Um, but I strongly recommend literally doing this. And as I mentioned earlier, you can do this by implementing observation and user interviews. Um, so by observation, I strongly encourage people to literally film someone using your product. And then after doing that, interview them and see if what they say matches up with what they actually do. And you need to do this by actually meeting the user on their home turf. Um, have them use the product in a situation uh, where they would actually use it in real life. Uh, so this could be at their house. It could be in a classroom. Um, it could also be on the street. I mean, this really depends on what product you're designing and where uh, you expect people to use it. But it's important to actually be in the environment uh, where the product will be used. If you're in a sterile environment, um, just a random room, and you're giving someone a kitchen utensil, uh, they're not, you're not going to see how that's actually being used. You're not going to see how they're, uh, where they're placing it when they need to wash it or where they place it where it needs to be dried. And 
essentially, is it awkward to use in its home environment, in, a, in the environment it's designed to be in? So that's how you can uh, literally implement empathy. Um, and the point of empathy, as I said earlier, is to really understand the actual problem that you're trying to solve with your design. And then once you implement this and you understand the problem, you understand the need that you're trying to meet, uh, you need to be driven and focused to try to solve it. So this is something that I see sometimes people slip into it where they get a little too focused on the empathy side. And it's all about just understanding the problem. It's understanding the need. And you just kind of end up in these cycles of really just keep going through this um, interviewing users, talking to people, and you're not actually ever getting into the meat or the work of, of solving the problem. So empathy really, it gets you started. It gets you going in the right direction and it gets you working on the right problem. But in itself, it doesn't actually solve anything. You can't just understand the problem. You have to have action and you need to have a vision and you need to have the drive to actually design a product to, to meet the solution to, or to meet the problem. So one quick example from my line of work, um, which is working as a mechanical engineer in a product development department. Um, I was working on a system. So I work on these cryostats, basically uh, these systems that get, that get really cold, um, almost down to absolute zero. Uh, we're typically in the three to four Kelvin range. So a lot of the parts I design are these somewhat small copper aluminum parts. And since the whole goal of the system is to get cold, we obviously need to be able to measure that and mount thermometers. And as the engineer, you know, most of my day is spent just working in the CAD, um, not physically out on the production floor, putting all this together. Um, and what I didn't realize is these thermometers are actually, you know, they're small in CAD, obviously, but when you're in physically interacting with them, you don't realize just how small they are. So on one of these projects, I, uh, one of my designs I had to assemble myself uh, for multiple reasons. And I realized working with these tiny thermometers and they have these long wires coming off them, they're actually really hard to handle. They're floppy, they don't stay in place. You try to clamp it down, but the uh, tension in the wire f pulls it out of the way. Um, and it's just, it's really, it was way more difficult than I was expecting. And this is something that I just, I never realized, um, you know, and sitting on my computer working in CAD, you don't know, you don't realize the physical implications of this tiny thermometer connected to these long wires. Um, so by actually putting this together, interacting with the product that I had designed, uh, it taught me so much about what it's like for our production technicians to actually put these things together. And beyond that, it tells me uh, what experience our customers are having as well. And this is all something that I, I didn't know until I actually tried to put it together. Um, and I've been designing, you know, different mounts for these thermometers for, you know, well over a couple of years at this point. Um, but there is this bit of information that I just did not understand until I physically went out and tried to do it myself. Um, so this is what I like to say, or I like to call feeling the pain. 
And I think when you interact with your product, you feel the pain of what doesn't work well. And that really is, that's the core, the center of, of empathy when it comes to product design. And, and that example, that's something that's impacted my designs ever since. Um, making sure that these thermometers are easy to mount. It's a location where you can actually fit your hands. You can hold it steady while you're mounting it. Um, and it really has impacted my designs uh, quite positively ever since. Uh, so I can't emphasize enough. Uh, getting your hands dirty, feeling the pain, working with your designs in real life. Um, it really is invaluable. But as we all know, you can't always you know, have a prototype in hand. Sometimes it's expensive. Sometimes you have a ton of different ideas. And to be able to buy all of those and test all of those is, is just not feasible. So this is where another very important skill is the ability to visualize. Um, so basically what this is, is just imagining the product in your head. I like to say it lets you prototype in your head. And I think it's immensely useful for gaining better empathy. At least the better, the more you work on the skill, the better you get at it. Um, you're going to be able to understand how a product is used roughly. You know, this is something you should use very early on in the design process. Um, but you get an idea for how it's going to be used in your head. And so you can kind of work through a lot of your ideas and a lot of your prototypes um, quite quickly and not have to wait for machine parts to get in or for a developer to make your app or, um, you know, whatever the case might be. And this is something that uh, I learned a lot more about it when I was reading Nikola Tesla's autobiography. And he talks a lot about his ability to visualize and it's something that he actually mastered as a child um, when he would just come up with all of these ideas and he would just work through them in his head. He would actually design the whole thing in his head. Uh, and obviously it got more sophisticated and complicated as he got older. But he said in the book, almost every time when he designed these different you know, in his case, you know, he invented alternating current electricity. Um, when he came up with these ideas in his head, they almost always worked when he built them out um, in real life. And so if this technique worked for Tesla, who was one of the most innovative people in American history, um, I think it's something that can benefit all of us. And it really does feed into this idea of empathy. Um, the more you can visualize the context, the setting, where your product's going to be used, what your user will be feeling, what they will be needing this product for, um, the more insight you're going to have right at the start of your, of your product. Um, and again, this is, it's not something that I recommend for, you know, the entire design process. This is very much at the beginning uh, as you're coming up with all of these different ideas, you're brainstorming, you're writing ideas down, and just the ability to imagine the context, what this product is going to look like, how your customer is going to hold it, how they're going to interact with the user interface. Um, it really is a, an invaluable skill um, that I think is worth practicing and spending time on. And so at the end of each episode, um, one of my goals is to provide uh, what I call the Design 30 Discipline. 
So it's a discipline from this episode based on uh, what we talked about. And so the goal would be for you, the listener, to spend around 30 minutes each day um, actually doing this discipline. And the goal of this will be to just build up a design skill uh, or strategy related to what what the episode talked about that week. Um, So for this episode, um, and this is something I'm going to break it down into five sessions, or it could even be five days if you're doing 30 minutes a day um, with a different uh, discipline for each day. So in session one, I want you to visualize as many designs as you can think of for the following need statement. A way to prevent a spoon from falling into a large or deep bowl of soup. Okay, so it's kind of a, maybe not a, um, the most serious design challenge, uh, but I think it's helpful and it's kind of fun. So the idea here is to, yeah, think of a spoon that it keeps slipping into your bowl of soup and just visualize as many different designs as possible uh, for how to solve that problem. And just spend 30 minutes uh, thinking through that, uh, visualizing, maybe going into the details of each design slightly. Um, But don't spend too much time on any one design. The goal is just to come up with as many ideas as possible. And then in session two, um, I want you to visualize the scenario a little bit more in depth. Um, You want to imagine this large bowl. um, You're holding it in your hand. You're eating out of it. You have this tiny little spoon, and every time you set it in your bowl, it slides in. It's getting covered in soup. It's kind of gross. You have to reach down into the soup to pull it back out. Um, So really just think about the scenario and try to put yourself in that scenario. And after you do that, go back to some of the designs you thought of and and update them. Think through them in a little bit more, uh, a little bit more depth and with this extra understanding that you've gained from actually putting yourself in the scenario. Um, And then once you're done with that, pick out one or two of your favorite designs. And in session three, try to actually sketch out those designs. Um, You know, you can do this on a piece of paper, you can do it on your iPad, um, or if you're driving something like that, try to just Try to do it in your head, like we talked about earlier, work on these visualization skills and prototyping in your head. Um, But yeah, so in session three, try to actually sketch out at least one or two of your designs. And then in session four, build or at least plan out how you would build your number one design that you came up with. So this doesn't have to be an actual completely functional prototype, but try to come up with some simple way to actually build it and test it out. Um, This is basically your first iteration of a prototype. Uh, I will refer to it more as a pre-prototype or a prototype. And essentially the idea here is that you're building something in the simplest way possible. You might just make it out of a piece of cardboard or a piece of paper. Or if you have a 3D printer, you can just 3D print something real quick. Um, But yeah, try to spend around 30 minutes just putting this together and see what you learn. Um, I find that as you're designing something, whether it's in CAD or if you're trying to build this simple prototype out of cardboard, um, it really does provide a lot of insight into 
um, how this product is going to be used and also just as valuable or yeah, just as important is how you're actually going to manufacture this product. Uh, and that's something obviously that comes into play a lot later down the road. Um, but if you have that in mind early on, it's, it's only going to benefit you. And then finally, session five, if you were able to build a prototype that is functional or semi-functional, um, test it out, see how it works. Um, put, you know, I don't know what idea you would have come up with, but get a large bowl and a small spoon and yeah, go to town, see, see how you actually like your design. What would you want to change about it? Um, is there something you didn't expect? Uh, yeah. And I would recommend writing these down, taking some notes and then just looking back over this whole process, um, from session one, where you're just, you know, visualizing all of these different ideas of how to prevent a spoon from falling into a bowl and think through the process you went through, um, of really focusing on the problem itself in session two, all the sketches you came up with in session three, um, and then your actual design and build uh, process in session four. And that is all I have for this episode on human-centered design. Uh, we went from kind of this broad description of what human-centered design is and all of these different aspects of it, and then really went in depth on empathy and how you gain user empathy, the importance of it, and finally ended with visualization and how visualization can be used as a tool to essentially prototype designs in your head. And it's something you can get better at as you practice, practice it. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it's useful. Um, please feel free to reach out with any questions or comments. You can email me at learndesign30 at gmail.com. That's learndesign30 at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, uh, also learndesign30. Um, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and leave a five-star review. That's super helpful for me. And if you enjoyed it, you think it's useful, share it with your friends um, or coworkers even. You can also find more Design 30 content on YouTube. Uh, and also, I am writing on Substack. So you can find Design 30 on Substack as well. And if you sign up, you'll get those writings uh, emailed directly to your inbox. Um, so yeah, thanks again for taking the time to listen to this episode. And if you found this useful, please consider becoming a patron on the Design 30 Patreon. And if not, uh, please join in next week for another episode of Design 30.